When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The, the longer I'm removed from it, and now it's been over 20 years since I graduated high school, the more it means. Because um, as the landscape of high school basketball changes, you don't see that. Like we, you, Friday nights in our gym, the town was shut down because everybody was at... You don't see environments like that anymore. We had, actually had a lot of fun recruiting a kid from Linden High School who was redshirted in our program this year, Clayton Whitman. And Linden kind of has that feel as well. Like, it, high school sports just mean something. That was former Mount Vernon, Washington standout, and Seattle Pacific head basketball coach Grant Leap. He's today's guest. Welcome to Dan Dickow's Quarantine Series on the Scorebook Live Today podcast. As the world, particularly the world of sports, is shut down due to the coronavirus, we're ramping things up a notch here at Scorebook Live. Every weekday, Dan interviews an expert in the world of sports, from star hoopers and coaches like Steve Kerr, Jamal Crawford, and Doug Christie, to seven-time Mr. Olympia bodybuilder Phil Heath. We hope you're entertained and maybe learn a thing or two as we navigate these uncertain times. The easiest way to tune in is by subscribing. In addition to our weekly Washington High School Sports News and Conversation podcast released Thursdays, hosted by myself, Andy Bueller, fellow reporter Todd Millis, Dan is bringing you interviews just like this one delivered five days a week. Head to wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe for free, and while you're there, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Before we get to Dan's interview today, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Washington Federal. Washington Federal is a local bank and portfolio lender with more than 200 branches across eight states, more than 32,000 fee-free ATMs, 24-7 online and mobile banking with drive-up ATMs. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live. They care deeply about high school sports and the communities that support them across the entire state of Washington. Head to WFDBank.com to learn how they can help you meet your financial goals. That's WAFDBank.com. Washington Federal, a neighbor you can count on. We hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Now, Dan Dickow. scorebook live today our podcast during our quarantine series again if you've been following um, our, our series
series on our podcast. You, you listen to conversations with experts in the sports field. They could be a player, a broadcaster, a front office executive. Many times it's a coach. Today, it's a unique guest to me. It's a coach, but he's also a great friend. We were roommates at the University of Washington uh, for the Huskies on road trips way back in the late 90s. Uh, he graduated from Mount Vernon, 1998, before a, a nice career at the University of Washington. He's currently the head coach of a very good Division II program, Seattle Pacific, none other than the pride of Mount Vernon, Grant Lee. Grant, how goes life? We're doing well, Dan. I, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me on. Um, this is a pretty cool opportunity, and I love what you guys are doing as far as bringing awareness, especially to our level at Division II. Um, it's it's pretty, pretty cool for us, but then also knowing the history that we have, man. We've known each other. I was 16 when I was playing with you guys, you and Casey, on that, that BCI team, and um, those were just fun times, and it's really cool now that as we, as we kind of gotten older and we look back at, at how, how long we've known each other and what that friendship has been. Absolutely. It is uh, definitely brings back some good memories. You, you mentioned the BCI uh, team that we played together with a couple other guys, including Casey Calvary, as mentioned. You know, the high school recruiting, the AAU scene has become so different from those times to nowadays. You have an inner working of it because as a Division II head coach, you you have to go to the events, you have to evaluate, you have to uh, develop the relationships with both high school and AAU coaches and figure out which kids that you want to recruit. How difficult is that right now due to the current events in the world and in the country with the coronavirus? It's, it's really hard. Um, you know, we were in a position and we we're very fortunate, but we, we signed two kids in the fall and, you know, we've, I think this is going to be a class of four or five guys for us. And we signed two, um, so we knew kind of going into this whole pandemic situation what it was we were looking for, but a lot of that work had been done as well. So through the course of the season, we're staying on top of things and, you know, we're obviously coaching our team and trying to do what we can, but we're also keeping, keeping tabs on a lot of kids in the Northwest and what's going on there. So we've actually been able to sign one, um, a kid from Eastside Catholic uh, named Sion Blackman, who signed with us over you know, over Zoom meetings and FaceTime, and um, a very unique process. Um, and then we're we're lo still looking for one more guy, but um, it's been it's just been. And then going, if you look at into that 21 class, it's been really unique. Um, we obviously we had a list of some guys that we really like, and we've been I've been watching more film on recruits than I probably ever have because we just don't get to go out and see them live and see them play. So. Uh, I'm becoming better at recruiting on film. That's uh, something that a lot of coaches have obviously had to adjust to. Um, many coaches have had to recruit that way due to budget restrictions in the past. Some people uh, really don't trust film. They, they want to see things for themselves um, with their own eyes. Now, you mentioned the, the fact that you signed a kid uh, from Eastside Catholic, you mentioned that a lot of your roster is built through Northwest kids, and that can be Oregon and Washington. Now, I know you can't talk on specific kids that are not currently in your program, but, you know, the thing that I've sensed in our conversations that we've had in the past is you really value kids in the Northwest, and in particular the state of Washington, their games because of how good the high school coaches are and the AAU coaches mm -hmm. are here because 
you trust the basketball skill set that they've been taught at a young age and you want that in your program. Yep. I just think, you know, when you look at the bas- the quality of basketball, first of all, is really high, just even up and down the I-5 corridor and then even extending out uh, across I-90 into Spokane and, and all across the state, Yakima area too. Um, so we've really been diligent about finding guys that are in the Northwest. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, like you said, Dan, I think the, the level of coaching that kids get, they don't just roll the balls out and let them go. Kids are being taught. Um, so they, when they come in to our program, they have a feeling and an, an understanding about team play and what that means. Buying into a role, which is a huge thing. And you know this, whether you're the best guy on the team or the, the 15th guy on a team, there's a role that's valued in all of those. So um, finding guys that can fit roles, um, finding guys that are willing to work and love to play. And I think that there's just a love for basketball in the Northwest that is pretty unique. And so we find kids that love to play, um, that have been coached, that want to be coached, that want to get better. And we feel like we find that in the Northwest with the quality of coaching and the quality of kids that are available to us. And then when you add to that too, SPU, as a D2 institution, the SPU program is known in Seattle. The SPU program is known in the state and it's known in the Portland area. And so that helps us as well. So when we call a kid or we send something to a kid, and it's SPU, that's going to hit home a little bit harder than if we tried to get a kid from California or a kid from Nevada or anywhere else across the country. SPU carries that name and that degree and the, just our institution carries some weight in the Northwest. Seattle Pacific carries a lot of weight in the basketball circles as well because you guys host maybe the best uh, pro-am league uh, on the West Coast, outside of maybe the Drew League down in Los Angeles, Jamal Crawford's mm-hmm. summer crossover event. Yeah, and, and it's been awesome that Jamal has done that. And obviously, you know, having both of us having played against, grow up playing against Jamal and playing with Jamal, um, it's really cool that he that he chooses to to have SPU be the home for that. And it's it's brought a lot of people onto our campus that might not ordinarily have have come, which is really neat. Um, I think that that's a cool experience. For our group, we've had our guys, some of our guys have been able to play in it, which, which when you get to play with some of those pros, that's, a, that's just a different ball game. And um, so getting them exposed to that. And then there's just been some cool little things that come with that, like um, the, the EA Sports uh, NBA game. I think it's NBA Live. It's not 2K. It's NBA Live. Um, you can you can unlock SPU's floor and play on the pro. It's, so just kind of little cool things like that that just add a little a little bit of extra stuff to to our program and to our university. That's awesome. I didn't know that uh, yeah. there was a rendition of the court on one of the the, the video games. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really cool because the EA Sports motion capture team comes in and they you know they do all their their motion capture things just to get the the feel for the the space of the uh, the gym that we have and yeah so yeah you can play you can play on that court. That's got to be a heck of a recruiting pitch uh, for you when you're talking to young kids. But you mentioned something on the, the previous question that um, you want to find and recruit players that love to play the game. You grew up in a tremendous high school program, the northwest corner of the state, Mount Vernon High School, played for a great coach, Mac Frazier, uh, who I believe is in the state high school hall of fame. But mm-hmm. I can only imagine that there was a culture that was built in that program of loving to play and playing to win. How much pride do you have looking back on your, your high school basketball memories? I think 
the, the longer I'm removed from it, and now it's been over 20 years since I graduated high school, the more it means. Because um, as the landscape of high school basketball changes, you don't see that. Like we, you, Friday nights in our gym, the town was shut down because everybody was at, you don't see environments like that anymore. We had, actually had a lot of fun recruiting a kid from Linden High School who was redshirted in our program this year, Clayton Whitman. And Linden kind of has that feel as well. Like it, high school sports just mean something. Everybody played, everybody enjoyed being a part of a team. Um, we just had a core group of guys. It was a really special time. We had a core group of guys that just absolutely love playing ball and they love playing together. And whether it was spring, summer, fall, winter, whatever, we were finding ways to play. And that was just really fun growing up in that community. And you know, when you look back to just the tradition and the history, whether it's Tim Caviezel and then obviously into Mark Hendrickson, like when, when you're a kid in Mount Vernon and you read the sports page, it's the Mariners, it's the Seahawks, it was the Sonics, and then it's Mount Vernon basketball. And that was really cool. Um, as you're growing up in the community, seeing guys like Mark and Tim and, and seeing what they're doing and winning state championships and going to state championships and making the state tournament every year. Like you just wanted to be that. And we just had a group of guys that, that fell in that same mold. Well, we both had uh, our experiences in the 1997 state tournament in the kingdom. Unfortunately, both of us ran into a juggernaut called Mercer Island. That was uh, accentuated by Brian Brown uh, <laughs> getting hot against us in the semifinals of Prairie high school, you guys in the, in the state championship game. Um, but fast forward two more years, you and I and Brian Brown were teammates at the University of Washington. I don't think there was a day that he let go by without reminding us that he beat both of us on the way to the state tournament. You, you go to University of Washington as a freshman. You make the NCAA tournament. And then the next three years, unfortunately for, for you and the program, started a little bit of a downhill slide before Lorenzo Romar got things back on track. Mm -hmm. Was there any memories that you have from your experience at University of Washington that really stand out to you? I mean, the, the biggest thing, Dan, to be honest with you, my, that, so that first year, my sophomore year, I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was obviously a good thing. Um, but I loved, I loved being there, you know, being local. Um, I was only an hour away from home, so I just felt like I had enough freedom to kind of spread my wings a little bit. But then if I needed to go home for anything, I could. Um, but I just, I learned so much about myself there. I learned so much about basketball there. Some of the relationships that I made there are some of the closest relationships that I have now. Um, and obviously winning my freshman year, that was a lot more fun than, than the, the final three years where we struggled a little bit or quite a bit, I guess I should say we weren't very good, but, um, you know, I got hurt my sophomore year. And because of that, and I couldn't play, but still going to practices every day and still doing all the scouting and still doing like, that's really where a love for coaching kind of popped up in my mind. Uh, I had to kind of look at the game through a different way. And, you know, that, that kind of that setback of being hurt, it, it ended up making me a better player. And I think, you know, it's really interesting to me that if you look at just a lot of things that happen in life, a lot of times the negative thing that happens and all of a sudden leads into something really positive. And that for me was, was getting hurt. I hurt my knee, um, couldn't play, got shut down for the rest of the year. But because of that, I just started to understand and see the game differently. And then that really just 
I, at that point, I just knew that I was going to be a coach. So you, you, you're injured, you're seeing the game from a different light. That spurred your aspirations to become a coach when your playing career was done. You played for a great high school coach in Mac Frazier that we had mentioned. You had played for, for some really good college coaches. Who would be considered your coaching mentor? The two that come to mind immediately, and you've mentioned them already, but Mac Frazier, um, the, the relationship that he built with his players is, is just, it's, it's, you know, it sounds so cliche, but it's life changing. And when you've experienced that as a player, that's something that you want to share. And so from a relationship standpoint, there's nobody better that I've been around. He just has a way to connect with people that's extremely unique and take basketball out of it. I don't care if he was coaching hockey, cross country. I don't care what he was coaching. His teams were going to be good because of his ability to build relationships and, and uh, just to, to understand team and how, how to do things the right way. And then the other, the other um, coach that's been a big influence on me was the coach that recruited me to Washington, Eric Hughes. Um, I've, I've spent a lot of time with him. He's been, he's been there for me for a lot of stuff um, that I've had happen in my life. Um, I actually worked with him for a couple years at Spokane Community College when I was out, out living in the Spokane area. Um, and I, he's still a guy that I talk to on a regular basis and that I, that I keep in regular contact with. But um, the passion for player development that he's had has been something that obviously it impacted my game and it helped me to become a lot better. But that's even something that has helped me as a coach, um, emphasizing that in our practices and how we do things. So um, aside from just the fact that he's just he's always he's always treated me the right way. Uh, he's always treated me really, really well. And um, been another guy that's those relationships are really important. Um, so those two guys, without doubt, have been the biggest influences on my coaching. Whenever I've talked to, to coaches for our, our podcast, uh, it, it's funny because I'll ask a similar question and so many times. Um, the coach mentions two or three coaches, just as you did, that had an impact, but it wasn't always X's and O's. It was relationship driven. It was taking the extra time uh, to, to share about something else, making an impact off the court. And in turn, it kind of spurred things to keep growing uh, as far as, as basketball wise. I've always found that as an impressive, um, consistent trait amongst really good coaches. You've had a little bit of a stretch now as a head coach at the Division II level at Seattle Pacific, and you guys are coming off a tremendous season uh, before everything kind of shut down this year during NCAA tournaments. The Division II level is much better than the average high school coach, high school player, or parent really understands. Um, how would you describe your view of Division II athletics? It, to somebody who doesn't hasn't seen a game. Yep, I just think, you know, when you look at the top of our league and kind of compare it to maybe even some of the smaller division 1 conferences, we're clo we're close. Now we might be, you know, an inch off here at the point guard spot or our, our instead of having a 7 footer, we have a 6-9 kid or a 6-8 kid. So there's some measurables that just aren't quite there, but the skill level that we have is Awesome. Um, our guys, one through five, can all shoot. They can all handle the ball a little bit. They all can pass. Um, so their skill level is really high. The, the level, I just, you know, people, people think oftentimes that if, well, my kid's not a Division I guy, well, I'll just call a Division II coach. Well, you know, 
it doesn't work that way. We're, <laughs> we go find some really good players. And sometimes we've found guys that haven't, you know, for whatever reason, haven't made it at the division one level that come to us and, and they have great careers and can go on and play pro and do the same things that they wanted to do when they, when they signed with a division one school. Um, it's, it's been a really fun level. I've been at this level now for 11 years and the, the type of kids that we recruit are such high achieving kids. They're just, they're, they're just wired a little bit differently. They might have a little bit more of a mind for academics or a little bit more mind to fit into a team. Um, but they work so stinking hard. Everybody across all levels that plays in college basketball, I don't care what level you are. You work really hard because you love the game. You can't make it in college basketball if you don't love the game. So every, these guys work really hard. Um, and they're going on and doing great things after they leave our place, which is really fun. We were teammates for for a season at the University of Washington. It would have been your freshman year, my yep. sophomore year, right before I transferred to Gonzaga, and we made the NCAA tournament. And we went to New Orleans to play in the first round, and I will never forget uh, an opponent absolutely putting on a clinic against a team that I was on. Wally Zerbiak, I believe, had 45 points in that first round game where they, they beat us, the Huskies. Is there anything that stood out to you for that game? Because to this day, that was one of the, the best yep. performances I've ever seen at the college level. Yeah, that's probably the best performance I've seen. And obviously your, your basketball experience continued far much past mine. But the way that he just dominated that game, and it wasn't with a bunch of, you know, razzle-dazzle, fancy, and one. He was just fundamentally solid and sound. His footwork coming off screens, he kept pressure on you all the time as a defender. We couldn't stop him. And the best, I'll tell you what, the, that week of practice was a blast because I got to be him in practice on scout team all week. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun because I got to go up. I had the ultimate green light. I could shoot anything. Um, but it was unreal just watching that. I think, I think you're right. I think he had 45. If I remember right, we lost 59, 58. And I, I'm trying to do the math as I go here, but he had 45. I think they had another guy have 11. And then they had a third player that scored the rest. So what would that be, three? I, I mean, think you're right. They had three guys score, which, like, you, we all knew where the ball was going to go. Like, it, and to him, for him to still be able to do that. But then – it, didn't it feel better, though, after we lost that? And then he goes on and they play – I think they played Utah, was yeah. it? Or you played, they played Utah in the next round, who was a two-seed, and he did the exact same thing to those guys. So it did feel a little bit better that we weren't like the, the one team that didn't do what we were supposed to do because I think we were the seven-seed that year in that region. But I do remember this, too, because you're right, we played in New Orleans and played in the Superdome. I remember going – and obviously this comes to mind with the last dance having just finished up. But I remember going to that spot on the floor that MJ made that, that, um, that basket to beat Georgetown in, in 82. Yeah. I remember going to those spots on the floor. I had to make sure to shoot one from those spots. I made them too. <laughs> That's funny. I, actually, that brings back a memory for me, remembering watching you do that because uh, I, I was out with a broken foot at the time, so I didn't play. Yep. So um, glad to bring back a memory for you in those regards. Uh, such good times um, for sure. Last question before I let you go, and, and any competitor, regardless of sport or you're an athlete or you're a coach, you've got aspirations and goals and dreams. Now, I, I know you, and I know you don't look too far in advance, and you enjoy the moment with where you're at. 
but every competitor wants to be at the highest level. What's a dream job for Grant Leap? See, you put me in a tough spot here. Right now, what friends do, right? I know, I know. Right now, my dream job is where I'm at. And we haven't accomplished the goals of what we set out to do four years ago when we took this over. I think that SPU is a place that we can, we can achieve to a high level on a national scale, not just regionally. And, you know, I want to, here's what I want. I want you to be calling our game <laughs> for, for CBS one day. That's what I'm working for. And that's kind of my dream and my goal right now. And in order to do that, you, you have to find the right guys that, that want to be a part of that. And, you know, everybody says they want to be a part of it, but you know, as well as I do, the work that it takes to get there is beyond anything that we can think about right now. So we, um, that's my dream. My dream is to get, I want to play in the D2 national championship and win that thing and just continue to build our program, uh, to a, to a place where when people think about D2 basketball, SPU is one of the things that they're thinking about. And I think we can, I think we can do that with where we are. I love it. And I don't disagree. I've been able to cover the division two national title game for the last four or five years, uh, for Westwood one radio and, uh, the division two level of basketball is much better than people realize. And I'm, I love hearing you say that you're in the moment. You want to win a title at the level and at the gym and at the place that you're at. And I hear that passion in your voice. I know this is only going, the audio is being released, but in seeing you on the Zoom call, I can see the passion in your face. And so I hope that comes true. I, I absolutely want to call that game on Westwood One Radio or CBS TV. Um, and I will look back at that point and say, I remember Grant said that, and I'm going to hold you to that. So you got, you got all the inside info on me too, that you can, whether we're winning or losing, you can keep me humble. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Grant, we, we really appreciate you joining today. Brought back some good memories for me. Hopefully did the same for you. Uh, loved your perspective on coaches and, and, the, and where SPU is trying to go. So thanks again for joining, and we appreciate your time. Hey, it's my pleasure, Dan. I just want to thank you again for having me on and thank you for the work that you do in basketball and helping high school kids and all, and all that. I just think it's really good for the game and sincerely mean that. I just really appreciate being on. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.